The following program is brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment. Welcome to an hour of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwynn. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts, and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends, and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now. A delicious Sunday to you, food lovers. You've tuned in to the best culinary conversation on the radio. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana, right here, heating it up every Sunday with grand guests and chef's tips to make your dishes come alive with flavor. On this show, every food topic is on the table. So we're sipping and savoring because this is where knowledge and inspiration is served up. What can you expect from this show, you ask? Well, all your favorite culinary gurus, of course. Your palate pals, your taste buds, your kitchen crushes, and I have a few, and the heroes of the hungry, delivered fresh to a radio near you. And always serving up seconds, by the way, at ChefJamie.com and on Facebook and Twitter at ChefJamieGwen. We have lots of delicious inspiration for you today, along with some grand guests coming up. But La, do you want to kick it off? In fact, because it's post-Valentine's Day, and you have a great idea for something that might or might not be a leftover. Well, I think a lot of people might have some leftover champagne. Yes, or sparkling wine, anything in the bottle, right? Yes, and you could substitute equal amounts of flat bubbly for white wine in any recipe. That you can. So if you have a bottle sitting on the counter, if you didn't put a champagne stopper in it Mm -hmm. to retain the effervescence, uh, it is not to go to waste. There are lots of great uses for it, even beyond using it as a substitute for still. Well, I use it in uh, making my mussels, a fabulous pot of mussels with the Mm. champagne, the flat champagne and garlic. Nice. Lots of great things, in fact, I will say, uh, to complement champagne and mussels together. Mm-hmm. Of course, that'd be a great Sunday supper. I like to use leftover champagne in a bottle for a vinaigrette, so it substitutes as the acid. If you like to use vinegar or if you're a citrus lover and you use orange juice, lemon juice, lime juice, grapefruit, I'll use flat champagne or sparkling wine as the substitute for the vinegar in a salad dressing along with Mm. olive oil, a little bit of Dijon mustard, salt and pepper. It never goes to waste. The dressing stays in the fridge for me and it's full of fabulous flavor. And you could also use it for poaching, for deglazing. Oh, great idea. Or even for cooking risotto. Oh, I'm in. What time is dinner? (laughs) I'll be right there. We're always hoping to bring you new chef's tips and ideas to make you a better cook in your own kitchen. And seeing that we're still experiencing lots of cold weather across the country, we thought we would share with you some of our best tips and tricks when it comes to cooking with a slow cooker. I think that your slow cooker or your crock pot is one of the best things you can have in your kitchen, especially during the winter months. Not only does it save you a lot of time, it saves energy and it saves money, but it's also very easy to use. I think that slow cookers are great for beginning cooks, for novices, and for connoisseurs because really there are just a few simple rules to create rich, satisfying fabulous slow cooked meals and even all year long the slow cooker comes in really handy for busy cooks and you come home to a house filled with wonderful smells and dinner is ready 
right away. Exactly. So here are my best chef's tips. And Lana, you chime in because I know we both have lots of recipes uh, that we love to make in the slow cooker. You always want to choose the right cut. When it comes to protein in a slow cooker, chuck roasts and short ribs and pork shoulders and even lamb shanks, if you think like fatty, tougher meats, become meltingly tender with the moist, low heat of a slow cooker. The leaner cuts do tend to dry out. So first and foremost, think that you can spend lesser money on the less expensive cuts, but still get tender, delicious goodness. You also want to keep the lid closed because you know how we talk about opening the oven or peeking Mm -hmm. into the barbecue during the summer months? Well, each peek that you take during the cooking process in a slow cooker adds an additional 15 to 20 minutes of cook time. So curb the urge because really there's not a ton of heat going on. That's the secret to the slow cooker, low and slow. And every time you lift the lid, you lose just way too much moisture and way too much heat. Now I want to recommend too that you keep this tip in mind, no matter how you're cooking, what method. Browning boosts flavor. Brown is good because the caramelization is what gives you tasty results. So you can certainly just pile food into your slow cooker, but if you take a couple of minutes to brown the meat and saute your veggies before you add them to the crock, you are very much rewarded with an additional layer of deep caramelized flavor. It is doubly true, by the way, for ground meat. And if you want a thicker sauce, don't forget to dredge whatever protein you're using, whatever cut of meat in flour. That means dip it in seasoned flour in a deep bowl and shake off any excess before you brown it and then I, put it in your slow cooker. I use Wonder flour for that. Yes, I know you do. You That's could use all-purpose as well. I like the Wonder too. You get a great coating, almost a, a, a very thin consistency, but you still get the thickening agent, mm-hmm. which and is wonderful. And on my short ribs, I truly make sure to get that heavy dark crust as I'm browning them on a, on a very high heat. Yeah. And that sear is really what makes slow cooker dishes come alive. You always want to avoid overcrowding. I suggest you trim fat if you want a silkier sauce or gravy. And I do not recommend frozen food in a slow cooker. I'm just not one for loading the slow cooker with icy ingredients. I actually think that you run the risk of bacterial contamination and a danger zone. So keep that in mind. Now, when it comes to fabulous food, what can you make in a slow cooker? Oh, the ideas are endless, really. Oh, I have so many good ones. Okay, you start. First, let's start with my taco soup. I think all soups in the slow cooker are fabulous. I agree with you. I think low and slow, when you think of squash, Mm -hmm. um, even the harder vegetables make a a great soup from the slow cooker. Mm -hmm. What else you got? And then also a salsa chicken, Mm. which is just so easy to put in your chicken breasts, a jar of salsa, some black beans, and uh, salt, pepper, and water. I'm very salsa inspired as well, as you know, Mm -hmm. and I do a slow cooker salsa chili that you love Mm. and Craig loves because you just dump everything into the slow cooker. You can cook the ground beef in advance for a little extra caramelization there. And then, you know, a jar of your favorite salsa, diced green chilies and everything else delicious that goes into a pot of chili is a slow cooker salsa chili that's out of this world. Mm. That recipe's posted, in fact, at chefjamie.com. I was thinking ethnic when I was planning to share my best recipes with you, Lana, and with all of our phenomenally talented 
food lovers and cooks uh, <laughs> who listen to this radio show. And I was thinking Asian inspired when I was thinking Asian, Mexican, uh, you know, even a lot of the Asian influence is beautifully slow cooked uh, in a slow cooker recipe. So Chinese country style spare ribs, like big, thick country style spare ribs, simply combined with soy sauce, orange marmalade, ketchup, and garlic. It's a five ingredient spare rib Mm. that is outrageous in the slow cooker. And then going back to the Latin inspired you can really make a, an amazing mole in a slow cooker as well. Think low and slow and lots of ingredients, and mm-hmm. you get really incredible depth. Mm, don't forget the chocolate in there. Yes, for sure. <laughs> a little bit of chocolate. I think that with a crock pot, you could do three recipe, three ingredient, four ingredient, yes. five ingredient recipes, and they all turn out wonderfully. Yeah, you can think classics too. Like there are many people that believe that beef bourguignon and chicken cacciatore, the classics in the French and the Italian style are better low and slow. And so we have lots of inspiration once again on the website at chefjamie.com. And I know that it is not March 17th yet. Well, soon. (laughs) (laughs) But a corned beef dinner in a crock pot is fabulous. Oh, definitely so. As long as we're on the topic of comfort food, I'd love to share the Think Like a Chef feature posted on the website. Every week we try to make you a better cook in your own kitchen and therefore teach a culinary method or a, a tip, a trick, a, you know, whatever it has to do with becoming uh, more adept at something. When it comes to a great meal, a brilliant breakfast, a luscious lunch, a delectable dinner. And so I chose spaghetti carbonara this week because I made it uh, this past week and it was a hit once again and a friend of mine in fact asked me can you share your recipe for how to master spaghetti carbonara and so we did I think it is divinely indulgent this uh, very traditional Italian pasta dish it's based on eggs pecorino romano cheese and guanciale traditionally made with guanciale in fact which is an Italian cured meat that's from the pork jowl or the cheek of the pig. The dish was said to have been created in the middle of the 20th century. The recipes vary. Um, I believe that pecorino or parmesan or a combination thereof is essential. And I really love the idea of non-conforming once in a while. So I do add caramelized onions to mine. But otherwise, I do not agree with the addition of cream. I like the traditional form of a carbonara. And I've posted not only wine pairings, but also the best spaghetti carbonara recipe I could develop for you on the website at chefjamie.com. If you can get guanciale, fabulous. If not, applewood smoked bacon, a good thick cut will work just fine. I like to use bucatini with the carbonara. I do too. And I think that the sauce lends itself to needing a noodle that allows the the sauce to coat generously. So bucatini, a great idea. If you happen um, to be... Uh, a, a linguine lover, a spaghetti lover, fine too, but preferably a pasta either that has a hole throughout or one that has ridges like penne rigate mm. would be terrific as well because it, it just soaks up all the fabulous flavor. Speaking of fabulous flavor, last but not least, Lana, the Cook with Lana recipe this week, that's killer. And seeing that we're all sitting down to Olympics tonight, I'm thinking uh, this would be pretty perfect for a uh, Sunday snack. Oh, it could be a dip. A spread, a 
lunch, a supper. Wait, a spread it on your elbow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's a combination of deviled eggs and crab dip. Mm. That's Love what I it. call it, a deviled egg crab dip. Mm, so and good. it's just divine. And you could um, set, you could spoon it over tomatoes and cucumber slices, spread it on a toasted baguette, serve it with pita chips. Oh, I'm in. Yes. Good. I can't wait. And just before we go to break, you heard me speak about Smart and Final last week, and I am once again really delighted to be back associated with their stores. You know, Smart and Final is all new. They have incredibly low prices, no membership fees, and everything you need under one roof. And really incredible savings, too. One of the things I've always loved about Smart and Final is not only their products, but their services as well. When I was a professional chef, I shopped there, and now I shop for my regular home use, and I know how terrific Smart and Final is. I hope that you do, too. No long lines, no membership fees, and if you haven't been to a Smart and Final store lately, check it out. They've upgraded their stores and their products, and they have some really incredible private brands that you should know about. I'm often asked about dried spices, and it's something that you should constantly rotate in your pantry. But I will say one of the things about Smart and Final's private line is their Tradewinds Spices offers the highest quality seasonings. So here's a bit of a tutorial on spices that you might not already know. Did you know that there's a difference between chili pepper and chili powder? That's right. Chili pepper consists solely of chili pods, which have been dried and then powdered. Chili powder, though, is a blend of which ground chili pepper is used as a base with the addition of spices. So be cautious what you're buying and what you're using it for. And then, of course, I think every great chef and cook needs their own signature pepper blend. I like a combination of peppercorns, a nice change of pace even for the tabletop pepper grinder. Black, white, and green all start as the same berry, in fact, but they're picked at different times and dried in different ways, giving you peppercorns with distinctive flavor. Be sure to look for Tradewind Spices at Smart and Final. Their chili powder and pepper blends are all delicious. And look for a Smart and Final store near you at smartandfinal.com. Stay with us because there's more fabulous food coming up in your radio. Cooking Channel host joins us just after the break, Ellie Krieger. She's one of our favorite friends. And wait till you hear about her new weeknight wonders. Plus, it is part two of our Vodka Distilled series with the modern mixologist Tony Abuganum. Plus, we're eating in color with Francis Langerman Roth before the end of the hour. So don't touch your dial. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana will be right back. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana, feeding your insatiable appetite. If you're passionate about the process, you might just discover that perfect recipe right here and right now. We love when this Food Network host, cooking channel star, Ellie Krieger, joins us. She is no doubt the New York Times bestselling author, registered dietitian, and TV personality that we've fallen in love with. It's her recipes for... Really fabulous scratch meals, but made in less than 30 minutes, highlighted in her just recently released cookbook called Weeknight Wonders that are amazing us once again. Delicious healthy dinners in 30 minutes or less from the new Ellie Krieger cookbook release. And she joins us right here, right now. And we're so excited. Welcome <laughs> back, Ellie. Great to be here, Chef mm-hmm. Jamie. And you too, Lonnie. Well, your new book is just marvelous, it especially really the 
pizza strudel. Okay, we'll get to pizza strudel, oh, you my Today favorite. Show watcher. <laughs> <laughs> we loved watching you make it, but I will mention, and I'd like to kick off with this. One of the things I love about your healthy style, Ellie, is that you don't have too many rules or regulations as to how strict we have to be. And you, as a working mom, definitely believe in some of the shortcuts and some of the beauty of what the supermarket has to offer today to make our lives a little bit easier. So when it comes to meal planning, when it comes to these healthy meals for, as you call them, weeknight wonders, if you would share with us some of your suggested healthy shortcuts, how can we make it easier? Pre-washed greens of all kinds. I love them. I want to shake the hand of the person who invented that. I think it saves me a lot of weeknights as a busy, you know, working mom. Um, so I always have spinach in baby spinach. I have baby arugula always in my in my fridge. I love now you can get baby kale, mm-hmm. yes. and there's more and more variety. Definitely check the sell-by date and all that stuff, and you keep it refrigerated. But essentially, these things are great shortcuts. Other shortcuts I love are things like canned beans. I go for low-sodium or no-salt-added canned products in general. But beans are great. Also, canned tomatoes. And one thing in the book that I was sort of surprised that I liked, actually, when I was testing was instant brown rice, and it's pretty amazing stuff. So I use all different whole grains, quinoa, bulgur, but the instant brown rice has no artificial ingredients, no additives. It's essentially just parboiled so that when you um, cook it, it takes 15 minutes instead of 50. Um, And it really comes in handy in a lot of the recipes. And, And then also, these recipes are essentially... Um, solutions for my crazy life, right? And which I know other people have crazy lives too, where you want to eat really well, delicious food, full of flavor, fresh ingredients, but also that's healthy and get it on the table fast. And what I did was really made them 30 minutes. So that includes preheating the oven. It includes chopping everything. It includes boiling anything that needs to be boiled. So it's really comprehensive in that way. It's not 30 minutes, you know, after a sous chef comes in and chops everything for you. (laughs) I think it's a great guideline, I will tell you, because I've always trusted your recipes. I believe they're tried and true. But I believe that it's a guideline, too, to get you through weeknight after weeknight of putting a meal on the table. When you find a recipe that you love of Ellie's, you might tweak it to your own style, but you have a template for what will allow you to gather your family and sit down for dinner. You named two of my favorite store-bought ingredients, um, one of which we love the Melissa's prepackaged cooked lentils, Ellie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I put I've them in everything. Oh. oh, into a salad, I throw a handful of lentils in. Into just about anything. We'll even use soups. them for breakfast. Yeah, mm-hmm. for soups as well or as a side dish. And their beets. And the prepackaged beets cooked beets. I love love those vacuum packed ones. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then the brown rice that you mentioned too. I mean, how simple is it to put together an Ellie Krieger stir fry and then heat that cooked brown rice and you have a meal Mm -hmm. in minutes. One of the ingredients for shortcuts that you left off, which we love that you love is store-bought pizza dough, which will take us to pizza strudel. I love the idea of store-bought pizza dough. It has lasting refrigeration time. Whether you make your own pizza dough or you buy it store-bought, you've got lots of great ideas for everything pizza in the book. 
I always joke that the reason why I had a child is so that I have an excuse to eat more pizza. <laughs> I mean, I love pizza. <laughs> and you can make it really helpful. So that's what I do here. So I use whole grain dough, which you can buy in so many stores now really easily. Um, and then I keep it in the freezer and take it out in the morning so that it just takes the day in the fridge to thaw when you come home. It's ready for you. Or you can take it out days before. You know, it'll last in the fridge for a while. Anyway, just stretching that out and making all kinds of pizzas. But the pizza strudel was a fun invention because there I just use a half a pound of dough so that it's not too carb-heavy of a meal, but you're getting that kind of fix that you yes, want. Yes, And then just stretching that dough out into a square, really. I like to use a rolling pin and my hands. Into a square, and then you spread on ricotta cheese, part skim ricotta, and then some baby spinach, so there you go with your, your second sort of healthy convenience food. I love to put sun-dried tomatoes on mm-hmm. as well as fresh tomatoes because I love that kind of double tomato hit. And frankly, at this point, you could put in any vegetables that you want. Like what, if you have leftover broccoli, like chop it up and put it on there, and you roll it up like a jelly roll bake it and it comes out essentially a strudel and it's so delicious i could lift this slice Mm. of strudel off the page (laughs) and happily eat it right now easy oh my gosh it comes out all melty inside it's so decadent but it really has healthful properties to it whole grain low-fat dairy lots of veggies in there Mm. and don't forget to use a serrated knife to cut it Yes, as you taught us. Yes. Yes, we love that. Uh, um, And I love that you have grilled Napa cabbage. Oh, this is, I think there's a lot of wonderful twists on salad in the book. And it's something that we know, I know you love. Because one of the first things I remember you're making, which is actually chronicled in the book, is um, a salad pizza, as you call it, right? So it's the best of your pizza fix, but it has a big handful of greens set atop. And so you can, you know, justify the pizza craving. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love love the idea that you've taken salad to a, a new level. I would not have thought of grilling wedges mm-hmm. of Napa cabbage. I'll do it for romaine and make a grilled Caesar. Exactly. So I've been doing that for a while. And then sure. I just started really getting into this whole notion of grilling different kinds mm. of vegetables that are still less crisp the way romaine is. And I was thinking, oh, it exactly came from that romaine idea because what other you know lettuces will hold up to the grill and Napa cabbage does so perfectly and then I kind of have this obsession with that Japanese carrot ginger dressing mm. yes I it love it too wonderful. you know why Ellie does texture <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. but it's really good with just like simple like skewered shrimp or mm. simple chicken breast or something and so oftentimes I think it's great to just make for a weeknight make the side dish the star so essentially that would be the star of the meal and you can just have a simple grilled fish with it oh, nice. and I feel like that really works out to kind of keep dinners during the week inspired. I think you've inspired us fish-wise, just so you know. Lana's making the sole that you prepare with a savory breadcrumb topping and roasted asparagus. Okay, because I make that like practically every week in my house. There's something wonderfully crunchy about a breadcrumb topping that I think many great cooks, myself included, forget about. It's a super simple textural component that elevates any filet of fish. I'm completely with you on the breadcrumb thing. I make my own breadcrumbs literally simply pulsing whole wheat bread, sandwich bread, in your food processor, spreading it out on a baking sheet, baking it until it's crispy, and you have breadcrumbs, and they last in your fridge for weeks. I put them on pork chops the other night. Oh, yes, yes. and I have something like that, like a deconstructed pork milanese, Mm -hmm. where it's like a very thinly pounded grilled pork 
with like an Asian slaw on top. In this case, I used panko, going with the Asian feel of it. Oh. Crispy breadcrumbs on top oh. and that textural thing there. I'd eat that like, for dinner. Okay. We have something wow. in common, Ellie, amongst mm. other things, actually. But I remember growing up on one of my favorite family dinners that Lana always made was chicken thighs or as you mentioned wings that were smothered in a sauce Mm -hmm. so your apricot teriyaki chicken thighs bring back childhood memories for me and we can't wait to make them and then since there's never enough time with you if you'll leave us on this very sweet note two minute mango coconut sorbet is my dessert of choice tonight oh my gosh you're gonna love it frozen mango just pop it in your blender, a little bit of like coconut milk, a little drip of honey. I like to put a fresh herb in there. In this case, I use basil and just blend it. Mm. And you literally wind up with essentially what feels like ice cream sorbet. And it's almost funny because it's no effort and no time. It's like tropical heaven, but it looks immensely impressive. Oh, it looks fabulous. I'll credit you, Ellie, but Mm. after everyone's done eating it. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Is that fair? fair enough, yeah. <laughs> she um, is the much loved and well-known host of Healthy Appetite, uh, Food Network and Cooking Channel host, author of multiple New York Times bestselling cookbooks with her recent release just this month called Weeknight Wonders. Ellie Krieger is bringing you delicious healthy dinners in 30 minutes or less. It's that 30 minute time frame that will still allow you to live life to the maximum, keep a healthy balance and have richly satisfying meals and that's what we're all about ellie we love your style and we're always delighted when you join us and we thank you for sharing the excerpted recipe you did from the book it's posted at chefjamie.com with a direct link so that you can add ellie's newest cookbook weeknight wonders to your collection you'll find the link on amazon on the website ellie always a pleasure we send you our best Thanks, Chef Jamie, and thank you, Lana. You take care now. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. As the delicious conversation continues, stay with us, guaranteed to make you hungry once again right after this. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana in your radio, upping your cocktail game. That's right. We are once again discovering vodka, and it's part two of our three-part series with Tony Abu Ghanem. He is the legendary modern mixologist, a global leader in the craft cocktail renaissance, and we are proud to call him our resident bartender genius. We're all about discovering vodka, the world's most popular and versatile liquor, and we're learning more about vodka distilled. It is Tony's recent book release, and it is all about vodka and vodka vodka cocktails, and we're continuing the cocktail conversation. We're glad to have you back, Tony. Welcome. Uh, Jamie, great to be back on the show. Hi, Lana. Hi. (laughs) Okay, so in the first segment, we talked about vodka and defined it. You spoke about the European Union. You spoke about the history of vodka, which I loved. And it was really all about your exploration of vodka that brought us all of this wonderful insight and knowledge. And so we moved to part two, all about taste and tasteability. And I would love if you would, um, for you to review some tasting ideas, how to host a tasting party. I love the vodka tasting sheet, by the way, on page 129 of the book. I think that's something that we we definitely have to speak to as well. So often people, especially with vodka, as we mentioned in the first uh, interview, one out of four drinks served across the American bar, spiritus drinks, is fashioned from vodka. And I really think that most 
consumers who imbibe on vodka and vodka cocktails haven't really gone through the tasting and evaluating of vodka to kind of make a decision on what is their vodka of choice. Per cocktail, really, as my mother would say, you never trust a skinny chef. You've got to taste everything. <laughs> I like her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't translate to never trust a sober bartender. The only way that's to know what funny. things taste like is to taste them. Yes. And really, that's the focus of the book, is to taste and evaluate, because the differences in vodka truly are very subtle. Yes, and you have to taste them, I believe, multiple times to know that. Not to sit on my high holy horse, but I will tell you, I have determined I am a gray goose girl through practice. In fact, Lana will testify to the fact that we have sat on numerous occasions in a restaurant or a home environment and blind tasted gray goose against a couple of other vodkas. And I always pick my goose. I do. It's it's what my palate chooses. And I think that that's a really good uh, determining factor to what vodka pleases your palate. Uh, if you would talk about the different components of tasting vodka, the mouthfeel, the finish, what are we looking for? I outline that in the book because really there is a science to tasting. You want to taste either one category. You mentioned gray goose. Gray goose is made from wheat, French wheat probably the most popular raw material. So with Kettle One, with Absolute, these are all weeded vodkas. But what I recommend is looking at raw materials and being able to taste and identify the characteristics that they bring to each individual vodka. So, for instance, you may want to choose a corn vodka. Um, I love Tito's. But in the book, I list six different corn vodkas. So you can choose a vodka that's made from corn. Include that in the tasting. One from wheat we've already discussed mm. Uh, something from rye, like Belvedere. And as a chef, you think about the characteristics that the rye grain brings as opposed to the characteristics the wheat grain brings. And that should be captured in the vodka. So the spice from the rye, the sweetness of the wheat, the richness of the corn, these characteristics of the grain should be captured in a well-distilled vodka. Does Eastern Europe uh, differ from the West? Absolutely, and a great question. And really where I started with this was Eastern versus Western European vodkas. Because in the East, it was traditionally it's this big, robust, full-character-style vodka where you really know you're tasting vodka. And as vodka started to work its way into the West and then after Prohibition showed up here in the United States, we were looking for a much more approachable, you know, how many times distilled it's as pure as water, so a lot of the character of the vodka is distilled out of it. I always say that great vodka is about what is left in after distillation as opposed to what's taken out. Taken out. out. Interesting. You and Lana have something in common. You have a passion for corn-based vodka. So you're a Tito's lover. I happen to love, and I know Lana will as well, Land of the Free, Home of the Brave, that Tito's is produced in Austin, Texas. So mm -hmm. it is made in America. Now... An experience from many years past proved that Lana is also a white corn-based vodka lover. If you didn't know, rain <laughs> vodka is corn-based, and you love it. Yes. And it, too, is born in the USA, made in the USA from Frankfurt, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So that means you and Tony could go out for a vodka cocktail together anytime. Anytime. Yes. But now, it's, it's called organic, and what would the difference be? Between Bean. rain and 
Tito's. That's interesting. The first time we ever tasted rain, it was one of the most distilled vodkas available at the time. And it's been interesting to me. Now it's distilled seven times. When we met it, I think it was four or five. Yeah, there's a couple of questions there. I think in a good distillation, you run it through two columns and you can get the proof up over 190. Most vodkas are distilled to 192 proof or 96% alcohol, so almost pure alcohol. So again, coming back to what's left in as opposed to what's taken out. In the United States, what is one of the most prominent grains that we have, and that is corn. Mm -hmm. So that's why you see the use of corn a lot in American-made vodkas. Organic, I'm all about anything we can do that's good for Mother Nature. But again, when we distill a product to 96% alcohol or 192 proof, really I'm not sure how much an organic grain differs from one that is mm-hmm. more produced unorganically, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it can be organic, all the better. More power to them, sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. you know, I, I often wonder sometimes if that's, again, a marketing ploy, we're organic, because I think everyone should be as organic as they can. I think you're extremely organic, Tony, and authentic (laughs) and full of vodka integrity, just so you know. I love within the book Vodka Distilled. And by the way, if you've just tuned in, you're late. Tony Abu Ghanem is here and he has shared in his new book called Vodka Distilled what is widely regarded as the most popular spirit of today. Everything you ever needed to know about vodka, but most every brand you've ever come across on the shelf is highlighted with tasting notes. What's on the nose, like for rain, big, sweet, vanilla and caramel, verging on caramel corn, cream soda, married to egg cream. Lana, if there was ever a vodka that defined you, that's it. (laughs) Everything on the palate. And then there are expert notes as to what would make, as you mentioned for rain vodka, a delicious espresso martini. And I think if you're a vodka aficionado or you know one, this is a gift that really perfects the palate, that improves your culinary knowledge, your own ability to gauge your flavor profile. And I think that's what elevates all of us in the food world. And so, Tony, I really appreciate what you've done to better better all of us with the book. The vodka tasting descriptors were the first things that I turned to because from a sommelier's perspective, I have been so focused on figuring out the flavors of wine in the nose or on the bouquet and then on the palate. And you've done that for vodka. I think that's amazing. Thank you very much. A dear friend of mine, Charlotte Voicey, once said, with greater knowledge comes better enjoyment. And I Mm. really think that's the case with vodka. It is The differences are subtle, but all the descriptors that you use there for rain, you wouldn't think of, you know, vanilla and cream soda and egg cream in a vodka, in a neutral spirit. But as you look into what corn contributes, then you pick up all those beautiful nuances. And then you think, okay, now this is going to be great over ice, but how else can I enjoy this beautiful vodka? And that's why we make recommendations it lends itself to more sweet-style drinks like an espresso martini where the coffee complements the vanilla and the egg cream that come naturally from the vodka itself. And again, it's just a lot of fun. Hmm. And to sit down with some of your friends and put six or eight glasses in front of each of them, all stylistically different, made from different raw materials, to say, go ahead and taste, smell, analyze how it feels on your palate and the finish and the acidity and which one do you like the best and which one do you want to make into your martini or your Bloody Mary, whatever drink you fancy. 
and it's just a fun journey, and, and it's really interesting to see. Oftentimes, people don't pick the vodka they drink every day. It sounds like a party to me. You want to come to my house, Lana? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm questioning what vodka to put in my Bloody Mary. Well, see, now there you go. And you'll have to stay tuned because coming up next month, we hope that you will continue to listen. Tony will be back and he's going to take all of the newfound vodka knowledge you've gained from this program and from reading Vodka Distilled when you get your copy from Amazon or you find an excerpted cocktail recipe at chefjamie.com, which will link you through to Tony at modernmixologist.com. Next month, he's coming back, right, Tony? To discuss and share his best vodka cocktail recipes. So we're going to make you a mixologist in your own home coming up next month, March. Please join us for vodka recipes inspired by Tony Abu Ghanem. We will definitely plan whether you prefer to sip or shoot With vodka at hand, you will become a connoisseur of this fascinating liquor. I just know it. Tony, it's always a pleasure. We appreciate your passion, and we'll talk to you soon. Jamie, Lana, great day. Thank you. Thank you. And a good one to you. There's more cocktail inspiration and delicious conversation right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana in your radio, living healthy and well in 2014. You know, nature has a clever way of highlighting the nutrients in foods. Did you know that you can get just what your body needs by eating a colorful variety of fruits and vegetables? How many colors are on your plate? There is a new cookbook release that is truly wonderful, a bright with color, but brilliant with all of the delicious things we need to live better. The author is registered dietitian and New York Times bestselling author, Frances Largeman Roth, and she joins us live to share how avocados, zucchinis, carrots, tomatoes, and mango take center stage. And we're very glad to have you, Frances. Welcome and Happy New Year. Oh, thank you so much. Happy New Year to you as well. Thank you. Talk to us, if you would, about utilizing the color spectrum when we step into the kitchen to make meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Most of us are not getting enough fruits and vegetables in our diet, so if we could just add a few more servings a day, we would be going so far toward eating healthier. It is about eating the spectrum, you know, not just focusing on greens, not just focusing on reds, but the reds, the oranges, the yellows, the greens, the blue, in, blues, indigos, and violets, and then blacks and tans, because while those foods might not be as vibrantly colored in the traditional sense, they are still extremely good for us. They include whole grains, they include seeds, they include things like quinoa, as well as chocolate. So, mm. uh, you know, <laughs> you don't have to get all of these things in every single day or at every meal, but it's about sprinkling them throughout your diet. If I gave you the color spectrum that you share in the book, would you give us a the best example as to what we could eat right now? Like start with the reds, if you would. Radicchio is in season right now, and so you can get that and add that to salads. You can also braise it or grill it, as you know. So that's a wonderful way to add color in the winter time. Yeah, we happen to love radicchio as well. And I'll, I'll shred it or chiffonade it very thinly, Francis, into whether it be pastas or coleslaw. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can incorporate it into everything. And aside from the mm-hmm. fact that it brings bright color, it has that beautiful nutritious value. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you fulfill the oranges for us, please? Yes, absolutely. So in the orange family, of course, we have wonderful winter squashes like butternut squash. 
we also have sweet potatoes and then mangoes because there are different types of mangoes that are in season at different times of year. Right now we have Tommy Atkins that are in season as well as Kent. And so pretty much all the fruits and vegetables in the orange family are a great source of vitamin A. And vitamin A is vital for the immune system, which is so important right now because it's going to be cold and flu season for at least another month. And, uh, (laughs) you know, you really want to be getting your beta carotene. If you can incorporate a few bites of something fresh and fabulous in your daily repertoire and you can fend away the bugs, then why wouldn't you put a mango into a morning smoothie or incorporate it into your chicken salad at lunch? Exactly. You know, I think also the greens, we don't want to forget about the greens. And the great thing about the greens right now, when everybody's trying to shed a few holiday pounds, is that most green produce is 50 calories or less per cup. So, um, and it's also very high in fiber, so you can really load up on those greens. Mustard greens are one that I just really love, as well as kale. And I like to use earthbound baby kale because it's already triple washed and it's organic and it's ready to go. So, in that kale salad that's on the cover of the book with the watermelon radishes. Oh, it's beautiful, by the way. Thank you. What what an exceptional um, visual that would propel anyone to eat in color. It is one of the most gorgeous cookbook covers. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I really, um, it, it's such a simple recipe. You know, when you look at it, it, it really has four ingredients and then a very simple lemon vinaigrette. I love kale salads, but I really think that you have to use very tender kale or else it can feel like you've got hay mm-hmm. on your plate. Um, and, of course, the watermelon radishes are just uh, just amazing. And then, you know, another thing that people say, oh, well, I want to eat healthy, but I have cravings. If you're having a craving for chocolate or something sweet and you're just looking for a little nibble, in the black and tan section I have my ultimate power balls. And those are made with sunflower butter. They're made with puffed rice and puffed millet as well as sesame seeds, and um, you can either make them with honey or agave, and I like to use madhava organic agave. And they're such a great thing for adults at 3 p.m. or for kids when they come home from school because they really are just packed with energy. Uh, You mentioned sunflower butter and coconut butter. Mm -hmm. You could buy those in the store? You can buy them in the store. Um, They're becoming more readily available and you would find the sunflower butter with the other nut butters, and then you'd probably find the coconut butter, which is also called coconut mana, right? Uh, with the coconut products, like the coconut oils and things like that. I recall, Francis, from probably a couple of years ago now, right at the inception of the release of sunflower butter, tasting a, a jar of what was, you know, posing as peanut butter, in my opinion, at a <laughs> natural food show. And for anyone who's ever loved snacking on sunflower seeds, sunflower butter is a whole new flavor profile. Leave us with this. I know you have two beautiful children in your home. What can you you share with us? What can we do to jumpstart our day from a family perspective by eating in color? You always want to put out, this is true for any meal, put out the fruit and the vegetables first when they're super hungry. You will find in the blue indigo and violet chapter, my triple berry sauce that goes over Willa's buckwheat flapjacks. I'm telling you, the more that you give your family fruits and vegetables, the more they're going to want them. We're all about weekend meals. We thank you for sharing uh, certainly, I think, really wonderful ideas to 
reduce the risk of heart disease and stroke, diabetes, obesity, just by showcasing the vibrant fruits and vegetables that we all have readily available to us. She is Frances Largeman Roth, the registered dietitian and New York Times bestseller with her newest cookbook release called Eating in Color, delicious healthy recipes for you and your family and a wonderful way to consider living by in 2014. Frances, we send you our best and we will eat in color and think of you. Thank you so much, Jamie and Lana. Pleasure. Take care. So that brings us to the end of another hour of delicious conversation. We have a taste for life and we're dedicated to delicious dishes. So we hope that you'll join us every Sunday as we bring insight into the wide world of food. We've been continuing a feature since the beginning of the year that seems to be getting great response. And we'd love your feedback, by the way. You can always email us on this show by using the email address live, L-I-V-E, at chefjamie.com. We've been highlighting the best blogs, dot-coms, and apps when it comes to the wide world of food because food lovers do love research. They love to read about food and look at pictures of food and find new recipes, of course, and we know that. And we love where technology and food come together and merge. So we'll leave you with our last bite this hour, and that is our newest fabulous finds. Lana, do you have an app, blog, or website, also known as a .com? I have lemonfirebrigade.com. And by the way, I know it, and it is awesome. Oh, that is some spectacular website. Quite gorgeous. Yes. The recipes are wonderful. Yeah, Really inspiration from one great mm-hmm. cook to another. And I have a food app because a meal is a terrible thing to waste, I believe. Um, I have lots of very, very educated friends who have spent more time researching where to eat than they have dedicated to their entire academic career. And I will say many of them are food truck lovers. So if you are a food truck fan, whether you're at home or you're traveling, there is a great app called Mobilicious. Mobilicious, M-O-B-I-L-E-C-I-O-U-S. It's free, and it's all the happiness of eating from a food truck from a food truck without the hassle of hunting it down. It's really good bites across the country on a map with a schedule and a list and all the good stuff. What a great idea. So I'll meet you at a food truck later. And you got it. Okay. And we'll meet you here next Sunday when the delicious conversation continues. Serving up seconds all week long at chefjamie.com, C-H-E-F-J-A-M-I-E.com, and on Facebook and Twitter at Chef Jamie Gwen. On behalf of Lana, I am Chef Jamie signing off. We thank you for listening, and we hope you continue to eat well. The preceding program has been brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment.